Welcome to this podcast on the topic of fertility preservation or egg freezing with Dr. Rachel Rogers, a fertility and IVF specialist with Jenea. Dr. Rogers has a strong commitment to continued research and she's currently completing her PhD in the area of fertility preservation. Dr. Rogers generously shares her wealth of knowledge with a wonderful overview of egg freezing and some important considerations for all women. It's just, it's lovely to see how empowered women can be nowadays to make the decision that's best for them. Thank you, Rachel, for joining us today. This is such a fascinating topic. Um, and I really want to start with a question, which is using a term that, that was new to me, and I'd love to hear your description of what this is, and that is fertility preservation. Tell us about what that means. So it's literally just that we're preserving fertility. So what we're trying to do is ensure that women um, retain the ability to have children at a later date. So there's two different types of um, really fertility preservation. Um, there's what we call medically indicated fertility preservation. And there's also um, socially indicating um, fertility preservation. With medical um, fertility preservation, so medical egg freezing, we're doing it because there's a medical need to do it. And the most um, common scenario is where a young woman has been diagnosed with cancer um, and she requires treatment for that cancer that's going to um, severely damage or potentially destroy her ovaries and with it the chance of um, that woman having her own biological children in the future. So what we often do is, um, for example, if a woman has been diagnosed with breast cancer, commonly their treatment will involve surgery to have the lesion removed and then there'll be a six-week recovery period. And then after that, they'll start chemotherapy. Now, it's the chemotherapy that's going to damage their ovaries. So we have a six-week window where we can jump in, stimulate the ovaries um, and freeze eggs for later use. And that way, if the chemotherapy does destroy the ovaries, we've still got some eggs frozen for later use. So that's medical egg freezing. Um, there's also social egg freezing. Now, that is... Um, when there's not a medical need to freeze the egg, such as cancer, it's um, a woman that is um, not wanting to have children immediately, but she's very aware that egg quality and quantity decreases with age and she wants to retain the ability to have children at a later stage of her life. Um, so to take a little bit of a step back, um, a woman is born with all of the eggs that she will ever have and these progressively decrease throughout her life until the age of around 50 when effectively there's no eggs left. Now, the more eggs a woman has at any point in time, the more follicles start to develop each month. And a follicle is just a little fluid-filled cyst with an egg inside it. Um, so the more follicles there are, if we do a cycle of egg freezing, um, then the more eggs we're likely to get. So with age, that will decrease. For example, if a woman um, is age 25, she might have 30 follicles there at the beginning of the month. So potentially we could stimulate her ovaries and theoretically um, get up to 30 eggs. 
Not that we would want to get 30x because we'd probably give her ovarian hyperstimulation in the process, so we wouldn't aim to be getting 30 eggs, but theoretically we could get a high number. Whereas a woman who's maybe 40, she might start the month out with only four follicles, um, and we can't magically make follicles. So the most that we could potentially do for her in a cycle of egg freezing is to get four eggs. Um, so social egg freezing um, is the process of freezing a number of eggs for a woman. Um, we put them in the freezer. The, the eggs don't freeze. Oh, sorry, they don't age once they're in the freezer. Um, and then a woman can go and do all the other things that she needs to do in life. And when she's ready, come back and use those eggs to have a baby. Thank you for that explanation. In your experience, are you saying that the uh, average age of of women selecting social egg freezing, as you've referred to it, is is coming down as, as increased awareness of what this is all about goes up over time? Yes, absolutely. Um, the average age is decreasing. Um, and it's all about women becoming more aware of not only the option to freeze their eggs, but also aware that um, even if they keep having their periods until 45 or 50, um, the quality of the eggs really decreases. So women are now realising that the optimal time to freeze their eggs is at a slightly younger age and they're more aware of the um, services available. So, yes, we are seeing a decrease in the average age. And is there anything that, that you think people should be aware of before they decide to freeze eggs for social reasons as opposed to those medical circumstances you've, you've described in which I guess that's, a, that's a, you know, a big decision between often it sounds like that might be you know, a difference between you choose life or um, fertility. So that's you know, a very different circumstance to the social reasons that you've described um, is there anything that you would say that people should be aware of before they decide to freeze eggs? They should be aware that the younger they are, um, the better quality eggs we will get. So if we were to get, say, half a dozen eggs from a girl at age 25 or 30, they would be much better quality than the eggs that we would get from a woman who was in her early 40s. And when I talk about quality, I'm really talking about the potential for an egg to become a baby, a live, healthy baby. Um, as eggs are in the body for a person's entire lifetime, they progressively sustain damage um, and eggs that are older are more likely to have problems with the chromosomes, to have the wrong number of chromosomes. So one thing um, that women should be aware of is really effectively the younger the better um, the quality of eggs and I'm not by that I'm not saying that people at the age of 18 should be freezing eggs I'm really talking you know the optimal age is really about 25 and between 25 and 35 um, so being aware that really you know when you get into the late 30s and 40s the quality of eggs isn't going to be as good and also the number of eggs that we're going to get from one cycle of egg freezing um, isn't going to be as high the other thing that women need to be aware of that it's not a guarantee of having a baby in the future. So it can um, greatly increase your chances of having a baby at a, at a later date, but it's not a guarantee. Um, in medicine, you don't get a guarantee with anything, um, and this certainly isn't a guarantee. 
Um, the times where it works um, are situations such as um, occurred with a colleague of mine. So a colleague of mine about five years ago made the decision to freeze her eggs. Um, she hadn't met the love of her life and she was at a point in her career where it really wasn't feasible to manage a pregnancy and a young child. So she made the decision to freeze her eggs. Then several years later, she did meet the love of her life. She got married and wanted to have her children. They tried to conceive naturally, but she was by now, she was in her early 40s and she wasn't successful. Um, in this situation, what we were then able to do is get her frozen eggs, fertilise them, um, and do an embryo transfer, and now she is about 20, 24 weeks pregnant um, in her first pregnancy. Yeah. So if she hadn't frozen her eggs, then probably she wouldn't be able to have a, children, a, a child now, but because she froze them five years ago, um, we've been able to use those um, better quality eggs that we got five years ago. What a great story and and I hope all goes well for her. I, I think increased awareness and that's why we're even having this conversation now. I think increased awareness of and understanding of this topic of egg freezing and what does that mean and what might the benefits be is just so important so that more people and more stories like that, um, you know, that outcome will be the case for others as well. Is it is it painful or is it physically demanding to, to freeze your eggs? No, not really. Um, so what it involves is a daily injection um, for generally about 10 or 12 days. Now, people look at me with these <laughs> absolute looks of horror when I say you need to inject yourself for 10 or 12 days. But in reality, the um, hormone injecting pens are a little bit like the diabetic um, pens. You just grab a little bit of tummy flab and go click, click, and it's in and that's done for the day. So by far, the vast majority of people are absolutely fine about um, injecting themselves. And a lot of people say at the end of the process, it was so much easier than I thought. Um, the only um, part where it is a bit invasive is the egg collection. That's um, a day that people need to have off work. Um, they come into our day surgery and they um, generally have a general anaesthetic. So they go to sleep for 10 or 15 minutes and we conduct the egg collection. This is a transvaginal ultrasound and on the end of the ultrasound probe we've got a needle that we just poke through the wall of the vagina into the ovarian follicles and we suck out the contents. Um, people tend to go home about an hour afterwards, rest up for that day and generally they're right for work the following day. So it's a bit of a myth about how invasive and difficult the process is. It's We've set up quite a streamlined service at... <coughs> sorry at Jenea Horizon where I work and it's all designed around convenience for the working woman. Um, so women come in early in the morning and they have their blood test and their ultrasound and then they can go off to work for the day. Um, the facilities open at seven in the morning so often women um, aren't even late for work. Um, the only time that they need, it interferes with their work, is the day that they need to have off work for the egg collection. Mm. And it's absolutely true what you're saying there in terms of it not being nearly as scary or invasive as it sounds. I have personal experience with IVF having gone through that myself and and the very first self-injection was the most scary 
after that, <laughs> I thought, oh, actually, it doesn't really hurt at all. Um, and and I also can attest to to Janae's, uh, you know, ability to work outside of of the working hours that you, yeah, it's a fantastic system. You just streamlined and, and, you know, you can go in at seven thirty in the morning and you have everything done before the day starts. So yes, around the working woman does certainly help um, in this day and age. What about yeah. mental health impacts? Do you have any comments on whether or not there's any, you know, if somebody has, for example, um, concerns about freezing eggs or they might be concerned about the future and that is the reason that they've chosen to freeze eggs um, or they now have eggs uh, that are already frozen and have had children naturally. Are there any mental health impacts um, that you've that you've come across or that you think is worth talking about? Um, I often get asked about how people are going to fare through the actual hormonal stimulation process. Um, people are often quite worried that injecting themselves with hormones is going to make them very moody or irritable or teary. And that tends not to be the case. Although I should say the decision to freeze eggs is often quite an emotional decision. So one trigger for people to freeze eggs is often the breakdown of a long-term relationship. So someone might be in a relationship for, you know, five, ten years, they think, they're with the person that they're going to have children with and then all of a sudden that relationship breaks down and then they decide to freeze eggs. Freezing eggs is almost the sort of final acknowledgement that they're not going to have children with the person that they plan to and that can be a really emotional decision. Um, so often people are emotional going into the process and it's not so much the hormones that are causing the emotions but the social situation surrounding that. Um, the, the, situ the service that's set up at Jenea acknowledges that a, there's a lot of emotion behind the process. So women that are freezing their eggs, they have a contact number for the nurse that's looking after them and they can call their nurse any time. We also have counsellors available um, should the process get a little bit um, emotionally challenging for people. The whole setup is there to, to get people through the process with all the support that they need. And generally people don't need it, but it's certainly reassuring to know that it's there should anyone need it. Mm. Um, as far as um, the longer term is concerned, um, with eggs that you know, if, if the eggs aren't used, if someone freezes eggs and then has babies naturally um, and then decides they're not going to use the frozen eggs, what they do with the eggs is entirely their decision. So the eggs remain the property of the, of the woman who's frozen them and that doesn't change and it's up to that woman what they would like to do with those eggs. They might say, I'm not going to use the eggs, please dispose of them and we will do so. Alternatively, they might say, look, I would like someone else to have the opportunity to use these eggs and then they can donate them to a woman that can't conceive using her own eggs. Um, but that's a very personal decision and different people will have very different opinions <clears throat> about what they'd like to do with their eggs um, and certainly whatever their decision is will um, support them in that. And can eggs be frozen for an eternity? Is there a timeline? Is there a do they eventually um, need to be disposed of? 
Um, effectively, they can be they're frozen in time. Um, there's no time limit to how long we can keep eggs frozen for. So the the short answer is we can keep them for as long as we want to. Isn't that incredible? It's it's such an incredible science, and it's um and it's just such a modern world that we live in that gives people real options that just once upon a time didn't exist. And I'm sure that's part of the reason that this is an area of, of special interest for you. It's a really lovely area to be involved in. It's um, looking after my girls with cancer. It's really rewarding and it's a real partnership about how we can work together to get them a baby in the future. And my social um, egg freezing side of things, it's just it's lovely to see how empowered women can be nowadays to make the decision that's best for them. Um, they're not forced into, you know, a situation that isn't ideal. And my patients are absolutely lovely for the most part. They're, there's this misnomer about people putting their career first and it's not that at all. It's about um, women choosing to have babies when they can adequately provide for their child. They want to give their child the best opportunity in life and that might be when they're a bit more financially secure and they can't do that in their late 20s or early 30s so they might decide to freeze their eggs use them a little bit later on so they can provide for their child in the way that they'd like to um, I think it's a really lovely empowering area of medicine mm. well thank you so much for sharing what you have today the education and the awareness and the passion that you you clearly um, show and feel in this area and the research that you are doing is just incredible and really appreciate your time thank you Rachel oh it's, it's been an absolute pleasure um, the one thing that I'd like to add if I may is that um, it's a really personal decision and people and women are often sort of agonizing about is it the right thing for me should I be freezing my eggs at what age and what I would do is encourage those women to come in and have a conversation about um, when is the ideal time for them to freeze their eggs. Um, one of the things that we do at the very start of the process is to assess their ovarian reserve and have a look at really um, how many eggs they might have left in their ovaries and how long they've personally got to have children. And occasionally we get a surprise. Occasionally someone younger doesn't have as many eggs as they think they would. Um, and then it's a really... It, it turns out to be a really good thing that they've come in at a younger age so we can say to them, you actually don't have all the time in the world. If we're going to do this, we need to do it now. Um, so I would really encourage women um, to come in and have that conversation about is it the right option for me? When should I be doing it? We could do that assessment and it might be that, no, there's no real need right now. Maybe we can look at doing it in a few years or, on the other hand, it might be imperative that if we're going to do it, we do it now. So I'd really encourage women to come and have the conversation regardless of whether they go ahead with the process or not. Wonderful. Good advice. And I think awareness is everything on this topic. So thank you again, Rachel. Really appreciate your time. An absolute pleasure. 